Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Vox Tablet. I'm your host, Sarah Ivory. Today, we're going to a dark place. In its heyday in the early 1900s, Puerto Barrios in Guatemala was on the cusp of becoming a thriving Caribbean port town. It was the bustling terminal point for trains hauling produce for the United Fruit Company. From there, bananas were shipped near and far. By the late 1930s, things had changed radically. Any indigenous charm had been squeezed out of Puerto Barrios. Filthy and destitute, the town was inhabited mostly by Afro-Guatemalans and West Indians who worked on the docks for meager pay. It's in that miserable period that we meet Samuel Burkow, a well-to-do German-Jewish bachelor in his mid-30s. After a narrow escape from the tightening noose of the Nazis, Burkow expects Puerto Barrios to offer him the first taste of freedom. Instead, though, in just three days, it nearly finishes him off. Samuel Burkow is the protagonist of a new novel called The Price of Escape. It's by David Unger, a Guatemala-born writer who lives in Brooklyn, and we're joining Unger today in his living room. David Unger, welcome to Box Tablet. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. David, you paint a very vivid picture of Puerto Barrios. It's a place that seems incredibly hellish, but hellish in a completely different way from the world that Samuel Burkow is leaving behind. Can you describe for us what Samuel Burkow encounters when he first steps off the boat? Well, he arrives in Puerto Barrios on a small ship or a tramp steamer. And, you know, he, he sort of fantasizes that um, he's going to be welcomed by the person who's in charge of the port, possibly the mayor. And what he encounters is, as the boat has turned off its engines and is coming into Puerto Barrios, he sees Caribs working, loading bananas into the hold of a ship. He's uh, assaulted by the backwash of oil, muck, and also of the unsanitary conditions, uh, since there is no sewage in Puerto Barrios. There are flies, mosquitoes. Everything seems to be rickety. And uh, as the ship is coming into port, he dons uh, his coat and tie, and he has his suitcase right next to him, as if he's you know, just coming into Hamburg uh, Harbor, uh, and is you know going to be met by a car and uh, whisked to a hotel, so his expectations are totally um, wrong. And of course, Samuel comes with a very kind of uh, civilized demeanor. Let us say, tell us a little bit about his milieu. Well, he's he's coming as a sort of middle upper class European, coming from Hamburg, uh, upper middle class, really Jewish family. He's used to um, a very comfortable existence, even though we're talking about 1938. And it's not been a very uh, easy ride for Jews in, in Europe. On the other hand, many Jews who lived in the Hamburg area have spoken very convincingly historically that they weren't that aware of anti-Semitism uh, on a personal level until about 1938. So um, as the novel opens, he still is not convinced that he should leave Europe. On the other hand, he has a, an uncle who is very insistent that it's time to leave. I've heard about Jews leaving Europe and going to South America, to Latin America. I have never really heard about Jews uh, going to Guatemala. And I wonder how common was Samuel Burka's experience in reality? Um, I believe that there were about 100 uh Jewish men and women, mostly Jewish men, 
who came to Guatemala in the 30s and early 40s, escaping uh, Europe and the Nazis. Um, there was an organization in Guatemala that uh, my father actually belonged to, which helped raise money to bring Jews to Guatemala. Uh, at the same time, there were Jews within the Jewish community that didn't want more Jews coming to Guatemala because that meant that they would have fellow Jews competing with them um, in terms of making money. So. Was your father himself an immigrant, or had your family been there for several generations already? No, my father arrived in Guatemala in 1933 uh, in terms similar to those of Samuel Burkow, but what happened to my father was completely different. During his stay in Puerto Barrios, Samuel is swindled, he's threatened, he's made fun of. It's like a fever dream that he undergoes there. He's exhausted, he's starving. At the same time, he's not completely sympathetic. He can't take a joke. He latches out at people, some of the most helpless people around him. He kind of attacks them in some ways. At one point, he actually commits a very uh, extreme act of violence. What went into your thinking in making him uh, not entirely sympathetic? Right. I, I think it's interesting, Sarah, that you talk about it being like a dream, because I think it's questionable whether the characters that he meets are real characters or not. They might be, in a sense, kind of extensions of demons that he has not faced in his own life. So though the novel is very realistic, it's not meant to be kind of a magical realist novel. It's not meant to be a heart of darkness novel in which um, each step that one takes becomes darker and much more fevered. The reality is that um, that uh, for someone like Samuel, who has not really confronted uh, his his foibles, it does become sort of nightmarish. As to whether you know he's not a totally um, a sympathetic character, I, I think that has to do with the fact that I wanted to choose someone who would not be necessarily likable. I, I don't know why it just. Um, someone who is more tied to his past rather than to his present. And I and I think that that was the case for many immigrants, uh, many immigrants that came from Europe to whether it was Paraguay or Buenos Aires or Guatemala, um, wouldn't talk much about what their early years were like. And probably that had a lot to do with the fact that they, that their expectations were very counter to the reality that they found. One of the things that made me like the fact that he isn't totally sympathetic is just that I feel like there's this trend, both in literature and in film and in television, when you depict somebody who has undergone a trauma like dislocation from Europe during the Nazi era, there is this kind of like scrim of martyrdom that goes over them because of having gone through that. And the fact is, good people go through terrible things and people who are maybe a little bit morally conflicted and people who are criminals, everyone goes through trauma. So I like that he's not, you know, sainted just because he had to leave his homeland. Yeah. I mean, I I think also in my first novel, Life in the Damn Tropics, the protagonist, uh, Marco Saltalev, is not fully sympathetic. I mean, he's a 53-year-old bachelor who has spent a large part of his life hanging around prostitutes and uh, secretaries. He's, you know, lower-class secretaries that he's able to buy off. Um, and he does become a, a much more sympathetic character. I, I think to some degree um, Samuel becomes a little bit more sympathetic in the course of the novel. 
since you brought up life in the damn tropics, uh, I want to ask you a little bit about that because Samuel Burkow also makes an appearance in that novel, but the timing is a little bit different. It, the Samuel Burkow character in Life in the Damn Tropics um, is different than the, the Samuel Burkow of uh, The Price of Escape. In Life in the Damn Tropics, he's almost like the voice of, of conscience in the, in the Guatemalan Jewish community at a time when, during the 1980s, civil war has taken over the urban areas and the Jewish community is, is threatened. And his voice is a voice of trying to appeal to a higher moral standard rather than the existing standard, which is uh, one of survival. And a lot of that is really drawn from my father. You know, basically what I did is I, I used my father's um, uh, stories as a kind of template from which to go off on a complete tangent. And that's created a lot of problems with my family because uh, they all try and read the novel rather literally. You know, this Samuel Burkhouse sounds like my father, Louis Unger, because certain incidents uh, are similar. But I don't really create a sympathetic character. And, you know, my father was much more sympathetic. Do they read the books in English or are they, have they been translated into Spanish? Life in the Damn Tropics was translated into Spanish, but my whole family is bilingual, somewhat trilingual. And I believe that maybe three or four out of my 70 relatives have actually read my, my novel. They've read a lot of articles about me in the press in Guatemala. And I think that um, because of those articles, they're not that interested in reading the book. Why are they not? Well, I think that we Jews are somewhat sensitive to what people write about us and say about us. And I think in Guatemala, even even more so, it's a, it's a very small community. There are about 1,000, 1,100 Jews living in a country of close to 11 million. And the Jewish people don't want to stand out. And so that any time someone talks openly or writes openly about a Jewish family, you know, the wagons are uh, put in a circle in defense of the role of Jews. So the fact that uh, in Life in the Damn Tropics, I have a character um, who ends up being um, uh, Marcos's brother, who uh, reaches out to a right-wing military leader in order to try and stabilize the situation in Guatemala, something like that, which took place, is something that the Jewish community wouldn't want revealed. Getting back to The Price of Escape, now obviously it's a story about this refugee, but it's also a story about the devastating impact that the United Fruit Company had in the region. How did you come to know that history? I mean, did you have to do a lot of research, or is it something you grew up with? You know, it's. I would say that when I went to college, I began to... Um, to investigate and research much more deeply. I had been brought up with all sorts of folk tales about what had happened in Guatemala during the period of 1944 through 1954. Actually, our family left Guatemala in 1955. My mother's family arrived in Guatemala in 1920. So our family has been in Guatemala for you know close to 90 years. But there was a lot of misinformation, and it 
continues to be true in Guatemala today, not as much now as, let's say, 30 years ago about what was going on, that people living there aren't really fully aware of what the forces are that are operative in the background. So that, you know, the role of the United Fruit Company, a lot of the information regarding the role that it played in the 1920s and 30s in terms of bribing the presidents was not really open information, but with a little bit of research, you could find out that the way that the United Fruit Company accumulated the acreage that it did in Guatemala, the control of the trains, the control of the ports, is something that could only have been accomplished with bribery. Clearly, you're interested in the history of Guatemala, and not just Guatemala, but primarily Guatemala. What draws you then to fiction and not nonfiction? I love storytelling, and I think that when you fictionalize historical events, you make those events come alive in ways that reading strict historical accounts cannot and do not. I think that history, uh, to a certain extent, when you read a historical account, it, it, it almost gives you a kind of facile explanation of what went on historically, but it doesn't really give you the complexity of how that history um, affected individual lives. And I think that if you're able to create characters that can act upon historical realities, then for the reader, uh, it takes on another meaning. I mean, I, I'm very uh, moved when I meet people from Peru or Ecuador who have read the Spanish version of Life in the Damn Tropics, uh, Vivir en el Maldito Tropico, and say to me, the world that you describe in that novel is the world that I belong to. And this is coming from people that are not Jewish. But there's something that I've touched upon in that novel. I haven't heard it from The Price of Escape because the book is just out. But that novel clearly captures what middle-class, upper-class people lived through during the period of the 1970s and 80s when you know, most of South America was either involved in, in civil war or coups. David Unger, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. David Unger is the author of two novels available in English, Life in the Damn Tropics and his latest, The Price of Escape. It's just out from Akashic Books. He's also translated 16 books, including fellow Guatemalan writer Rigoberto Manchu. We'd love to know what you thought about our podcast. Send us a note at podcast at tabletmag.com. Vox Tablet is produced by Julie Subrin. I'm your host, Sarah Ivry. Thank you so much for joining us. Please join us again.